0: to burning daylight the only podcast for the working cowboy well howdy there daylight burners welcome back uh to another another fine episode of burning daylight uh got a good good show lined up for you tonight we got a got a special guest named tc kenyon and uh if I get the name of this podcast wrong, I'm gonna feel like a real jackass. But I think it's called The Remnants. He just started it. And if I'm wrong, he can correct me here in just a second. But um I listened to it. He had his first guest, uh first episode. First guest was Darren Little, a uh, buddy of mine. I don't know Darren very well, but um he he's been on the show before. i met him in Elko last year. Good guy, and I really I really enjoyed the the episode and they talked uh talked a lot. Um lot of topics that i've covered on many different episodes here and it's kind of a, a recurring theme in the cowboy world of uh i just kind of how the world's changing around us and <clears throat> while the ranching and cowboy business changes <clears throat> over times as well there's uh there's still some very fundamental parts of it that just don't change regardless of the the operation and uh and anyways, I I uh, I really enjoyed his his episode and I reached out to him and now uh I I recommend you guys go listen to it if you, if you're uh, I know if you're into that type of thing and I know you are cuz you're listening to my show and uh so we got him on uh he's uh, he's out of Saratoga, Wyoming right now or Elk Elk Mountain uh, somewhere in that area, southern Wyoming. Uh you've seen the signs on I80 if you drove through there. Um not a lot going on except wind and, uh, and a few cows. So, uh, anyway, here's TC Canyon, and, uh, it is the remnants, isn't it? It is the remnants. Yes, sir. Boom. So, all right. Boom. There we go. I, I am a professional at this. I, I do try. I do try to be good at it.
1: Like I told my buddy the other day, I'm a professional beer drinker, but I'm an amateur podcaster. So, yeah.
0: There you go. I, uh... I, I don't even have the professional beer drinker anymore at this point. I went on, I went on a fitness kick, and so I've been kind of. I went seventy five days no booze, and then, i had I had my little, uh, I had my little time off for the holidays. And honestly, I just felt like shit when I I I got pretty drunk one night, and but it wasn't. It was unlike most hangovers. It was just like I just felt like shit. Like I wasn't sick. I was functional. I just felt like you know, my body was just like, what the fuck happened? What happened? So I, i just, I cut way back. And, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> so I'm not even the professional beer drinker anymore, but I, I'm still the amateur podcaster that, um, so well, anyway, my wife um, and I, we
1: went, we went on our very first ever, ever, uh, vacation for our 10 year wedding anniversary. We went to Vegas to the NFR this year. Yeah, okay. there's something about living at 8,000 feet when you go down to Vegas that's at like 1,500 feet or something. They yeah. cannot give you enough Pendleton and Pepsi to get you drunk. But there's something about it. I tried my best to do it, and I could kind of take it or leave it ever since I went to Vegas. I think I ruined myself.
0: Yeah, you'll have that. I uh, <laughs> I noticed that same thing because um, I went to school in, in Fort Collins. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's on the plains, but Eastern Colorado is, uh, it's, it's deceiving. Cause you know, the, the lowest spot in Colorado is down by Holly and it's still at 3,500 feet. And, uh, and so I think Fort Collins is, uh, is at like 50, 58 or somewhere in there. And then we went down to, to I was South of Tucson for a wedding and, uh, same thing. Like I was, it was hot and uh and a lower elevation i think it was only around i don't know what the elevation was but it was way lower and so between the elevation and then just sweating sweating it out immediately it took forever but once i finally did get a buzz it was on yeah (laughs) but yeah it was uh those desert desert uh drunks are pretty that's pretty fun time
1: it's different it's different yeah
0: yeah i yeah. could uh but you put that much booze in your body and it you're gonna you're bound to have a violent reaction you know <laughs> <laughs> it'll come one yeah, way or another it it will but um anyway congrats on on the the podcast uh have you have you recorded any more episodes or, or you just got the one in the bag
1: no, just the one with darren so far um i've got Another good friend of mine that's just up the road and he runs like 4,000 yearlings in the summer. And, yeah. uh, we've got, we've here in the next week, we're going to do another one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do one a week. And then All
0: right. the
1: real reason I started it was because back in the day, I knew a guy, he was 92 years old. He, mm-hmm. he, uh, he lied when he was 16 years old and he got into the army. He was in the battle of Iwo Jima and got shot through the face. And uh-huh. almost died and lived, and then went after he got back from war for a lifetime a cowboying. And I always told my buddy, Man, dude, we got to get that guy on a podcast. And yeah. he was a super cool guy. He's a good friend of ours, and he passed away. Well, um, and so I always was like, Man, if I ever find another cool guy, an old timer, I got to get his story recorded. And yeah. there's a really cool guy just up the road for me. Um, south of rollins wyoming and he's in his mid 80s now well he's like when he was 14 years old he ran across a couple guys that were old mustangers from southern wyoming that were still running horses and putting horses on the freaking train oh like old school guys so he's got a bunch of cool stories and i figured like right when i get this thing started i gotta get old bruce on this this podcast because i think a lot of guys that enjoyed old cowboy stories would really like the guy you know oh so. yeah
0: no i don't don't delay on that because I've, I've had a couple guys uh pass away on me that i i wanted to and they're not people that i knew but they're people i wanted to talk to like uh i wanted to talk to larry mcmurtry you know lonesome dove man I, <laughs> why, why the... wouldn't you want to talk to the guy that wrote lonesome dove and okay. uh yeah and he died before i got a chance to to reach out to him and and uh but like you know on the same same note, I had uh I had a couple people reach out to me to to get Boots O'Neill on the show, and uh, he he returned my phone call, and now we're kind of buddies, you know, and like that's that's yeah. that's just something yeah. that's really, I uh it's, I think those I've are
1: done. the those are the guys. I mean, them stories need told. There there's not going to be that many guys that grew up on the wagon or grew up running horses that are left here in another five years you know so
0: yeah yeah uh, it's funny i've got i've got boots uh business card here that he he wrote his number on <laughs> what <laughs> and, uh... what does Boots's business card say uh it says boots o'neill brand inspector for the four sixes Burnett Ranches Ltd. <laughs> brand inspector yep he's, that, uh... that's an old card probably isn't it uh probably so i i'm not I sure i think he, he was it. a
1: brand brand inspector like quite a
0: while ago i I, Uh, he's been he's been it for a while but you know a lot of oh is he still one he he technically still is uh oh i
1: didn't know that yeah i'll be done i
0: I don't think he uh he doesn't do do much of it anymore i don't think he does any of it anymore but i think he's and maybe he's not certified or what what whatnot anymore but he was yeah he was he was an inspector for a long time i i uh, he he told me some pretty good brand inspection stories he uh caught a couple yeah. of pig thieves one time and uh, I'm sure. he uh when he was working because well, he's a he's a a ranger too i got to see his ranger badge he's story. a ranger yeah 'cause he was uh yeah he was commissioned with uh, the texas rangers uh as a as a livestock uh detective.
1: Right. I I remember hearing a story about I'm sorry, man, I'm having
0: Oh you're all, it's all good.
1: I'm having my phone is trying to not charge on me. There we go. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> That's all right. My phone hey, was um, and it wasn't char- forget, Are you going are you going to Elko for, for Cowboy Poetry by chance?
1: I wasn't playing I no, probably not.
0: No. Okay. I would not Well anyways, um we got our show going uh it's it's officially on february 2nd and the 3rd at the stage door uh we're raffling off a pair of uh spur straps mustache ride made by rachel lynn customs anyway 20 bucks for a spot we still got a few spots we're doing a deck of card drawing that's for that's for you and everybody out there listening but um 20 bucks a spot get you get you entered uh 52 spots total all the proceeds go to pay the artist for the show so anyways if you if you want to uh hit me up and um yeah so that now that's out of the way but um yeah those uh there's we like we were talking before we're we're in this uh we're in the you know in, in the modern world and i i i'm uh I'm I'm in that weird gap between generation X and the millennials. I guess I'm technically classified as a millennial, but I'm on the right. I'm in that like tweener phase where um <laughs> <laughs> so like I grew up with the internet, but as as I like in the latter part of growing up, the internet came into play. And and so like the like the internet really took off when I was like high school and college. And uh but then I'm I'm still I'm still here friends with, with Boots O'Neill, who's getting ready to turn like 92 or yeah. three, I think. Yeah.
1: He probably and, don't even know how to run Google, you know?
0: No, he, he's got a flip phone and, uh, and he's yeah. happy with that. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but he's you know, he's a guy that, that still drove cattle to the railhead to ship them, uh, back in the day. And, you know, and he, he was friends with guys that, are new guys that probably were, were some of the really early cow punchers. Uh, and, and yep. so we're as, as, as long and storied as this cowboy history of the United States is, it's really not that long in the, in the grand right. scheme of things. We're like two people away from, from when it started. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, but in that time period, we also had the industrial revolution and the technological revolution and, uh, now I'm like, I'm, I was creating, um, podcast cover art using AI today while I was writing pins, <laughs> you know, so it was like, like in between pins, I was like yeah. typing in, typing in what I wanted, wanted the AI to generate for an image, <laughs> you know, and was like, yeah, it's, it's a weird damn world it, that we I... live in i totally agree and so i'm
1: 30 and i i believe that i am like one of the very last of like kids in stamp in town still played baseball and rode their bikes mm-hmm. and got in fights and and shit and then the internet came about and just like you said like i you say you're on the tail end i feel like i'm on the extreme tail end but yeah um yeah, it it it's crazy to me. It's just like this guy I hope to get on here in a couple of weeks is um like he, he taught me sitting at his, his uh table one night how to back hobble a horse. And I mm. he said, You know what back hobbling one is? And I'm like, Well you you talking about, you know, like sidelining or hobbling back legs and and no, no, it's not that at all. You know it them guys them old school guys would like take a mare and a colt out. And they'd go put them out in a draw or something, and they'd back hobble these colts where they were, like, tied their, their front legs and then back over their back to another front leg, tied off. And they'd take them hot mares that had just fold, and they'd, they'd get to win in because they'd try to run off while well, the colts couldn't leave, and they'd draw them, them stud horses in. And then they'd wait till them stud horses were kind of jazzed up and starting to get a little bit more tired. And they'd run them down and rope them, you know, like stuff that does not happen today. And here I'm sitting at a table like we're on the Internet right now talking from states away. And Mm -hmm. I can go 20 miles down the road and talk to a guy who like has back hobbled colts to rope wild horses out on the desert and, you yeah. know, and he learned from a guy who used to run horses for a living. I mean, it's it's crazy that the amount how much the world has changed from like it, it's changed nothing from like year zero to 1870 and yeah. then 1880 till now. It just it's just mind blowing what has what we what we've come to on the technology side of things mm. you know
0: yeah it's it's crazy because you had you know like the invention of the wheel and then you had um you know you had fire the wheel um domestication of livestock including like you know, you know breaking of horses was a was a huge technological advantage in uh in the in the human race and then you know bronze iron steel all that but on the on the livestock side it was just like you domesticated the horse and and uh and livestock and then you you started breeding them and not a whole lot changed until the whole technological revolution uh really took hold and you know like even throughout the throughout the like the industrial revolution um I mean cattle were cattle. Like when, when they were when Chicago was becoming the Chicago we know now, uh, through the meat packing industry, they were taking whatever cattle they could. You know, so if like nobody really wanted the Texas longhorn to eat, but people wanted beef and they and Texas had a lot of longhorns, so they, they uh Right and then pretty soon they're like, Hey, we can ship this this uh refrigerated beef just about anywhere. Why don't we get some good cattle in here? So then they in, and they imported the Hereford and the Shorthorn and, and yeah. Angus and and uh, and then off off we went. And we we overtook Great Britain in the span of about twenty years as as being like the the cattle exporters of the world. Yeah, or the beef exporters of the world, anyways.
1: Yeah, well, and like if you really think about it, like you know up before the very late 1870s, early 1880s, like there weren't even cattle in the northern part of the country, you know? I mean, it was, it. I mean, that's, that's not even, you know, <laughs> 1870 to 1970 plus a little bit more. Here we are. I mean, we're a hundred and some years, but then before, before the light bulb and the, the train and the car and everything, I mean, it, shit when the white guys got to here they were still riding around trying to kill shit with sticks and freaking arrows you know yeah and it was like that from the beginning of time i mean and then before they had horses come over with the spaniards and whatever they're doing it on foot but then something happened right there in probably you know what i would consider 1880 it just it just flipped and then here we are we're (laughs) trying to send rockets to mars and have mm-hmm. ai and drive teslas and it's freaking nuts and then there's still <laughs> guys out there trying to make a living a horseback so and here we are
0: well it, it takes all of it though that's that's the crazy part of it i mean uh and that that's so much that gets missed in this this big urban rural divide is like you know we grow all the food and stuff for people but they make all the shit in the cities that we use so you know like it's it's a symbiotic relationship you know to a certain extent we can we can survive on our own but at some point you need the guys that pump the oil you need the 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 people that 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 build all the stuff which more more often than not now that's a little chinese slave that does that but um right um well i kind of maybe
1: argue that fact a little like i i really think that I mean, there's cattle in, in the eastern side of the United States, but really anything west of the, the Mississippi River, like that's how we're sustainable is from yeah. the western half of the United States. Oil, cattle, uh, corn, soybeans, agri- whatever kind of agriculture shit. And then there's just like... And I guess everyone cusses California. There's still a lot of ag in California, but then oh, you have it's... like the California kind of out there, but
0: um... well no, California as a state is beautiful uh the government yeah. sucks, but it's it's also the number one ag state. It's not just some agriculture, it's the most agriculture in the in the country right. comes from California, and the most diverse uh kind of agriculture i mean anything yeah. from from high desert ranching to coastal ranching to to almonds peaches tomatoes uh corn yeah, water wheat water. oil everything i mean they uh, it's yeah it really is like the land of plenty over there but
1: at one time it was like the cattleman's paradise literally mm-hmm. you know like at one point it was where you wanted to run a cow i mean it was the perfect cow country it's just... Just yeah. that it was so nice that everybody else decided to move in as
0: well. That's how you most know. of the good cow country is. Like you, you get yeah. like Missoula and Bozeman are, are getting overrun. Yeah. Uh you know, Steamboat yeah. Colorado, same way. Um Southern Colorado, you know, in the in like the southern Rockies, same way. Uh mm-hmm. you know, like all, all those those picturesque good cow country that like, yeah, they just get taken over. Um particularly if they're close to another You know, kind of urban center, which is that's that's the only thing that's kept Montana from getting completely out of hand is like there's nothing there's still not a huge city out there
1: well in the winters like right now it's supposed to be one one, right now it's supposed to be like 40 below in some of them freaking places here in the next couple days and like that's the other part when i first moved into this country right here in southern wyoming uh it's actually it would be uh chris williams who now runs the z and his his brother in my opinion that guy's like the king of cowboys at least in this country he he's cool he's he's cowboy down to the court and
2: yeah. he kind
1: of grew up in this country. And I remember we were at a ranch rodeo one time warming up our horses and, and I'd heard about this job and I rode up next to JD and I said, JD, how is that country up there? You grew up there. And he just smiled. He says, well, I tell everybody it's four months of paradise and eight months of winter, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's exactly right. You've never, you've never seen a, better place to live like may june july august but man you better like the cold and i think that's the only reason that this place just ain't freaking overrun with uh, californians and why
0: place to live it's uh it's uh it's as beautiful as can be but it's uh it's rough it's rough i uh you know, I, yeah. I spent a little bit of time up in, in Montana and, you know, I'm from the Eastern Plains of Colorado. That's no picnic out there. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you, you. I hope you don't like your skin because it's going to dry <laughs> out and get sandblasted.
1: Like,
0: if you, yeah. it, a little free exfoliation. Huh? Exactly. And, uh, I tell you what, I wasn't tough enough for Northern Montana that it gets damn cold up there. I mean, I had never been so damn cold in my life and, yeah Where we at Montana. Big Sandy. Oh yeah, I know right, on the really? Highland. Yeah. It gets cold, yeah. It, <laughs> it gets a little chilly up there, a little bit chilly. Yeah. I uh yeah, I I've, I've never been so damn cold in my life and I I'd seen some cold up into that point, but nothing like that. And the you get the you get the wind whipping down off the hills and ugh, it just it was miserable. But um yeah, yeah but it's good cow country. I mean, it's uh it is. It's, it's very beautiful, good. Kid. But it's, uh, I don't know that most of the West is kind of like that. It's like, like, honest to God, most of the West is pretty goddamn pretty, but it's also pretty unforgiving.
1: You know, like, yeah, uh, it's brutal. And I, I think them, like, like, at one point, I mean, you can just run the cow anywhere. And now, because of just people spreading their wings and moving around, and everybody wants their little. Ten or fifteen or forty-acre parcel, then I think them cows kind of just keep getting pushed up into the parts that aren't that much fun to live in. But there's a lot of parts of the world you can't do anything but run a cow, but they're really good at running cows, you know. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I think we'll see. Um, but as uh like you and you and Darren were talking about, uh, and, and like I said, I've, t- I've said many a time on on here, like it's, it's been the same story with, with the cowboy world since the very beginning. Like the, you know, first it was barbed wire that, that was, uh, and then it was, oh, yeah. it was the, uh, you know, and it always gets pictured as, you know, as the, as the damn sod busters, but more often than not, it was a cowboy that wanted to stake out his own claim and start his own herd. And, uh, and, you know, he'd, he uh, he'd gather some Mavericks and, and slap his brand on them and, and start a herd. And then, uh, the big cow bosses didn't like that. Most of them who were Scots and English, and and they were uh, and they didn't even own it. It was they they sat on they were president of the board or whatever, but it was publicly traded. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, I I heard you heard you mention how how things got how things got so corporate, and I and I agree things have got super corporate. But the more research I do into this whole business, it's it's just one and the same. Like the 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 mom and pop ranchers always been been the you know the the vast mi- minority in this like all the all the big ranches have always been corporate owned like the there, yeah. there very few like family owned you know big outfits they're they most of them were yeah. <laughs> were acquired through foreign capital for the most part scottish and, and Englishmen,
1: right yeah, there's a lot of English money coming in, which, like, honestly, a publicly traded cow outfit, that just sounds asinine to me, you know. But it's crazy. I, I um, think there's a lot of that, especially in, like, the 1880s and 90s and mm-hmm. going forward and stuff. And, like, we're right here from Wyoming where, uh, you know, like, Tom Horn, that's just a household name. Everyone knows who that guy was, but that was a very interesting deal and i've actually i was at a branding one time and uh for those of you who might not know a tom horn basically all the big outfits got tired of what they would call the squatters and everything and they hired a guy to look out kind of for their interest to make sure their cattle weren't, get st- weren't getting stolen and and then that's kind of where it can get a little muddy and um i was at a branding one time where uh I thought we were going to have a fight at the dinner table over whether Tom Horn was a no good son of a bitch or if he was a quote goddamn hero. And uh it, it's kind of funny, you know, but it that whole deal kind of stemmed from the same deal, the corporate versus the little guys and uh whether whoever was right or wrong or what really happened on that deal no one will really ever truly know and I don't really have an opinion on but it's uh it, it's been something from the beginning of the, the structured cattle industry after the Spaniards and everything, at least, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Probably even well, during the Span. I think a lot of it had to do with the government ownership of the land, honestly. It, Absolutely. if you, outside of a, ha- a handful of uh, range wars in Texas, most of that shit was settled and yeah. because it because it was privately owned there's very little public ground in texas and uh and the open range yeah. deal is like those big outfits did run roughshod and they about grazed wyoming to the ground at one point you know there there wasn't a whole lot yeah. of grass in wyoming because of it and uh <clears throat> and, it, and it was uh and it was a boom cycle too. You know, uh, it always happens on, on those on those boom economic cycles when people get to speculating and then, then uh the when the bottom drops out of it, rather than cutting their losses and get out, they get bigger to make up for the losses and so then they, they just they overgraze even more and then uh, it just you're you're putting a band aid on a on a you know, yeah. gaping chest wound and it just doesn't That's work. That's been the
1: end of a lot of big freaking outfits before and mm-hmm. a lot of family outfits fits too is like we're losing our ass running 250 cows we just got to figure out how to run 500
0: you know yeah yeah and he's like well you don't have the grass for 250 (laughs) and uh it's uh yeah it's it's kind of crazy how well that that whole period in time was uh it was such a flash in the pan of the grand scheme of things but so much freaking happened it was like you know about a 60 year period from in the civil war to about 1920 and it was just uh it was a mad dash to to kill the indians settle the west and then you know along the way there's like you know there's opportunists that every turn is like we can make a fortune at this and uh yeah yeah and and when when there was a lot of involved there yeah shit goes haywire
1: i think a lot of the the west too was it it takes a certain kind of person to even want to really Mm. probably settle that and a lot of those people might not be the most law-abiding citizens at all you know and
0: it's probably real similar to like like the average cow camp you know (laughs) like uh yeah exactly sounds like your average cast of characters on most cowboy crews they don't do real good in town
1: yeah like it's like the Australians you know like we need somebody that's tough and not gonna freaking give in so let's send a bunch of drunkards out there and kind of see what happens you know yeah. it's uh yeah I once you start mixing money and then those types of people who really mm-hmm. don't bow down to anyone let alone the government it it has the potential of being a freaking big old barrel of TNT you know so yeah, I don't know Have have you ever this is pretty off subject, but like we got some kind of cool history around here. Have you ever heard of a guy named Big Nose George?
0: Uh yes. And Cattle Kate. Is, same, is that the same uh same band of people? Same same country. Yeah.
1: There yeah. was so I actually used to run a cow camp on the side of Elk Mountain. And I was out there cruising along one day and I find this big marker. It's like a it's a rock marker and it says like, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, like uh, something Widowfield and Vincent something or other murdered here on whatever date in 1890 something. and It's like, huh, that's interesting. So I got to asking the guy that worked there, I said, what's that marker up there? And they're like, well, it's uh, a marker where Big Nose, K- or I'm sorry, Big Nose George killed a couple guys. And for those of you who don't know who Big Nose George is, he killed a sheriff's deputy and a railroad agent and then went on the run. And I guess he actually went to, like, uh, close to Miles City, Montana and robbed a cavalry supply train of oh, yeah. a shitload of money. And then he ran all over. Well, they finally caught him, and they extradited his ass back down here to uh, to Wyoming. And the sheriff, because because Big Nose George had killed his sheriff deputy the the sheriff hated him like and he was a freaking psycho so he hung him from a telephone pole in downtown Rawlins and then had Big Nose George skinned and they made a set of shoes out of his belly well, then it gets a little crazier is because the doctor in town decided that he wanted to, like, do an autopsy on this guy's brain to see if there was something in the outlaw's brain that was different normal people's.
2: Mm. And
1: so he uh, took his skull, he cut the top of his skull off and looked at his brain and everything and then gifted the skull cap. To big Nose George to his, like, 12-year-old daughter, and she yeah. had it up into her 30s, and she they say that it was used as a doorstop, and ashtray, all sorts <laughs> of weird shit. Well, then one day in, like, I think it's the 40s or 50s, they're remodeling the bank in downtown Rollins, and they dig up a whiskey keg that's buried in the ground, and there's a guy in there with the top of his head missing. Well, they run the top, of, they run this gal down or I, I think it was the gal's daughter and it was a pre- perfect match and come to find out how this girl was like using big nose, George's freaking skull as a ashtray and shit. And I'm like, dude, you had to be weird to live in this part of the world in those oh, days. Yeah. Like weird.
0: Well, that, uh, it, it wasn't just that part of the world. Cause there, I I did an episode here a while back. They, uh, there was some. He was like a carny slash failed train robber. Um, that he somehow ended up in a wax museum, or, or no, he got mummified, and he was like, uh, he was like a, not. It wasn't even mummified. He got, he died, from, he got shot by the by a posse because he he tried to to rob a train. Fled on foot, and they they uh, shot him at this this old barn or something. And um, but he had no next of kin, so the you know at the the funeral home they you know they they got him all what <laughs> whatever that process I can't um, the embalmed or something embalmed that's what it was like that that word was slipping my my mind but they embalmed him and whatever and then nobody claimed him. So he just like set him up in the window as a as a showpiece for a while, and then somebody bought him as a – and it like he he was uh he was part of like a traveling freak show as a as just this dead dude and so like they they'd put quarters in his mouth and shit and then <laughs> in the seventies i think. In the uh, seventies,
1: I believe it, dude. What, like, no, it, that's what
0: I'm saying is we're like
1: we're still yeah. not very civilized, but we were yeah. pretty uncivilized not well, long ago.
0: This, this happened back in like the, the late 1800s, early 1900s. But in the 70s, they were filming some TV show in Hollywood. Oh. And this dude was a prop in one of, like, their prop closets. The, this, this old embalmed son of a bitch that was, like, he was missing a couple fingers and, and shit at that point. <laughs> but he was... He had pennies... Had, like, a penny stuck in his nose and... <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. And he was just yeah. some, some like, low-life train ro- a failed train robber. And then, then he was, like, a, a uh, carny attraction for a while. And, um... <laughs> yeah, and he was, like... People are weird, man. People are yeah. really freaking People weird. People are freaking weird, yeah. There's, there's uh, a lot. I'm sure you're in on on a lot of the Facebook groups, you know, the the cowboy groups, but there's that... That one, the, the big out there group that, uh, that lady just really wants to talk to Claude Dallas. And that's another discussion. You could, you have guys almost getting a fight over that one too. Yeah,
1: and I, I, we, <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that too much.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Some of those, uh, some of those, old, like I, I just reposted an old episode, uh, where they, they try to, they try to use camels to, for the army to, to cross the, 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 like the Southern part of the the Western U S through Arizona and New Mexico. And they had a whole bunch of camels for a while. And then. Really? um, Yeah, it was, it didn't last very long. Um, like the guy that, that started the program was Jefferson Davis when he was secretary of war before the civil war. And then, of course, once once the Civil War kicked off, the the Camel Corps kind of went by the wayside. So there was just a bunch of camels roaming around Texas and Arizona and uh, over like the just
1: free ranging.
0: Yeah, yeah. No
1: shit. Yeah. I didn't hurt. I didn't hear that deal. Oh, huh? I'll
0: I'll send you the link. I I just posted the uh reposted that that episode the other day, but it's uh it was it was fascinating. They uh they found this one. They had this one camel that like pawed a woman to death. He was, they called him the red ghost. And when they finally caught him, he had uh, a, had some dude tied on to uh, to him with a bunch of rawhide thongs. And uh, like, I don't know if he was like, he tied that there was one of the theories was that he tied himself up there. Like he was in the middle of the desert and he was riding this camel and he's like, I can't make it. I'm going to pass out. I'll just let this camel go find some water. And so he tied himself to the top or, somebody tied him up there because he uh i don't know maybe maybe he got caught you know dealing yeah. from the bottom of the deck or something i don't know but uh got yeah.
1: caught with some wife or something huh something, what the yeah. hell
0: but uh well anyway this this dude just rotted up there on top of this camel and drove him crazy and he ended up pawing some woman to death and uh yeah it was a, a wild story was the
1: dude tied to the camel when when he pawed the gal to death
0: well he was a skeleton at that point but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. so who knows how long this uh this dude you know this poor camel just had this this stinking carcass of a man strapped to his back for i don't know how long before they finally caught him but
1: Oh, speaking of stinking carcasses, man! I had this frickin' kelpie dog one time, and she was a chicken-killing bitch, oh, right? Oh yeah. One of my buddies did. He told me like, oh man, just tie that dead chicken to that rip, just just leave it on her till the baling twine rots off. You know, about six days of that shit. She stunk so frickin' bad yeah. you couldn't hardly stand to be mm. around her, anyways. But I remember this is like back in the days of Facebook when like. The trading sites, you might not even see it. I remember one time, this was like so early Facebook, I traded for a Bill Black Hackamore with no pictures, just took the guy's word because we're on flip phones with, like, yeah. freaking <laughs> and pics. Uh, and anyways, I remember I was like, how the hell did I get this bitch to quit killing chickens? <laughs> and this guy gets on there, he's like, I'll tell you how to do it, and it'll work too. He said... <laughs> I knew a guy one time, chicken-killing son-of-a-bitch dog he had, but he liked him, so he didn't want to have to shoot him, but his wife was like, dude, this is the frickin' end, right? Mm -hmm. So this old-timer said, you put that son-of-bitch in a 55-gallon drum with a dead chicken that he killed, and you put the frickin', like a metal drum, and you put, they got that ring with the bolt, you know? Mm -hmm. Said, you tighten that thing down, and you go to the tallest hill you can find, and push that son of a bitch off of the freaking <laughs> hill," <laughs> he said. "By the time that barrel stops, he won't even look at a chicken again." And the guy just said, "I'll be damned if it doesn't work."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess if I was that dog, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to mess with a chicken again either. That yeah, I
1: probably just went. A- would have went and killed some neighbor chickens, but probably yeah. not that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... I don't, I don't think a chicken-killing dog ever gets truly over-killing chickens. They'll just find somebody yeah, who chickens. That right guy
1: on. claimed that one was, but I don't know about all that. Yeah. Not, there's Facebook
0: Facebook from back when they bucked, so it's probably all fake anyway. But... Yeah. Facebook's just awful gay nowadays. Like, <laughs> For it, sure. It's, uh... Nobody has a sense of humor you can't like you can't even go in and start a good argument to sit back and watch watch the <laughs> fly anymore like people just like they're not even funny about their arguments anymore. it just it goes immediately to name calling and not even good name calling you know it's just like wow oh, ah. yeah, sure. I don't know i yeah. just i remember i I used to like it when people enjoyed laughing you know i I enjoyed that yeah. that part of life you know when people would laugh and it was fun
1: yeah, I don't know when that. That shit went away, but it—it's yeah. not the same.
0: I don't true. know. I it hadn't went away for me. I just I wish other people would realize it. It's it is okay to to laugh and joke and you know like for sure. It's, well, it's uh, damn
1: sure gone on the Facebook. It seems like
0: but. no, it's it's all you know, humor's outlawed. Anything fun yeah. is outlawed. But that's uh, all right.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I know when I I shared that picture of my my the cover photo or whatever on my podcast when darren got on that deal and like a couple guys shared it and literally within 10 minutes it got to where you couldn't share that that link anymore or the podcast or Mm -hmm. the post that i'd shared and the only thing I can figure, it's because it's a frickin' picture with two horses in the box of the pickup, and I think that sucker got flagged for animal cruelty or something.
0: Oh, most likely, but yeah. It's... I'm like, come
1: on, dude, really?
0: Yeah, it's... Things got really gay on social media, like, right around 2020. It, like, it, it was... It was getting bad before the 2020 election, but the 2020 election was where it, like, it really, I, uh, (laughs) I've, I've been at the same level of followers on my Facebook page for three years now. Like, I haven't gained anything at all, and, uh, yeah, it's just dumb, but.
1: Honestly, uh, I did, I'd have got rid of that shit a long time ago if it wasn't for Facebook Marketplace, but I'm a whore for that
0: shit, uh, that was before I started the podcast, that was the only reason I had Facebook was for all the trading groups and and the marketplace yeah. like that was that was the only reason i I did nothing else but but look at horses and tack on there and yeah, me and, too. and now now I still do that some but god damn everybody everybody knows what they have now and everybody's too goddamn proud yeah. of it too
1: well there is that yeah that ain't no shit
0: that's uh it used to be people were a little more ignorant ignorant about what they had but not so much anymore
2: mm, yeah. it's uh it's harder yes. to
0: find a good deal but i uh i don't know you find you find certain people that uh that you like and you just you treat them good they treat you good and and uh
2: like,
0: yeah. I, I like matt wilson he he just makes cool shit and uh he
1: does make cool shit i've had a couple of his bits and some pretty i had like a surfer bit he made and shit and yeah. i had the badass pair of Loop back conchos one time that looked like a like a freaking compass that jack sparrow would carry or something yeah. you know he just kind of makes them off the wall cool stuff i think yeah.
0: it's like, kind of yeah, yeah you don't you don't find like if you have any of matt wilson's stuff you know like you have the one of that <clears throat> he doesn't yeah <clears throat> he doesn't have any other like that it's just it's a one-of-a-kind deal and i i like that about his stuff um yeah And he's just a cool guy, but yeah, there's,
1: yeah, I've never met him, but I heard he was pretty cool,
0: you know? Yeah. He's, he's a good, he's a good buddy of mine. I, uh, he's, he's playing Elko again this year with him and him and his wife, Rachel. So that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're a super interesting couple. Like they're, they're, they're cowboys it gets, but they are also artsy as shit. Like they just, they, they are artists. Like their brain works a little different. Like I'm, I'm somewhat on that artsy side a little bit, but like not nothing like them they uh yeah like their their brain works different than I, do, I mine does and it's i it's cool i like i like watching them operate they can they can play some music now,
1: yeah, that's cool, yeah, yeah uh, it one time from him it was like uh it had freaking sea turtles and surfers on it I'm yeah. like who the hell would think of putting <laughs> surfers on the bridal bit but it's different, and it's cool, you know.
0: He uh he made me like a campaign button on a snaffle bit. He uh I I, was, I had some money burning a hole in my pocket, and I needed a new snaffle. And I said, uh, make me something cool that you. I said, if you got any ideas rolling around that that you want to haven't made yet, uh, I, anything. I, I don't care. I, I'm not picky. And then he said, mm-hmm. all right. And he like a couple of days later, he said, send me a selfie. And so I, I was like, uh, all right, whatever. So I sent him one. Next thing you know, he's got it drawn up where so it's I'm um, like doing a little like look over the <laughs> over the mountains and it says vote McKinley twenty twenty four.
1: That's funny,
0: man. That is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. And I feel kinda like a jackass wearing my own yeah. face on a snaffle bit, but it's it's also it's really fucking cool, so I'm not gonna stop. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I like different shit. One of my cousins one time, there's a pretty cool Bit and spur maker outside of lingle mm. and uh, he he, he kind of liked to drink a little bit you know mm. like quite a little bit he was super talented but my cousin decided it was going to be a good deal to get some spurs made and on the bands it had two pigs doing the deed like nice. one was in silver one was in brass and then had some great big old long shanks and down the shanks it said making bacon but 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 my this guy and he's a good bit and spur maker but like after maybe ten thirty, maybe you don't want him freaking carving on your shit you know yeah and he inlaid making bacon and on one side it was pretty good and on the other side he accidentally put like two lowercase letters and the <laughs> apostrophe was all screwed up and shit you know and <laughs> i'm like a for effort but c for execution it's still cool as shit you know yeah i'm like yeah making bacon like where the hell do you come up with that shit that's funny
0: yeah it's uh say some of those i like i like looking at all of it you know the like the real traditional uh you know like the ernie marshes or the stuff like tracy morrison's putting out nowadays where it's just i mean it's incredible what yeah. they're doing scott hall same way scott hall is fucking amazing that that stuff that he he does mm-hmm. um i just can't afford that shit so i, I go yeah i, I have never like, held a
1: scott hall but i had a morrison bit and I, I actually traded a morrison bit on three quarters of a ford pickup a while back so that, that tells you they're that's cowboy better. shit <laughs> <laughs> like yeah he does a really good job they're cool
0: but I've got a pair of spurs, uh, that he built me. And then, uh, I've got a, I've got my, he made me a belt buckle. It says science Squatch and it's got a, it's got a Bigfoot and an alien holding hands. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah. So I, I made up a, I made up a story about what would happen if uh, if Bigfoot got abducted by aliens maybe that's, maybe that's what it was. You know, they, Bigfoot kicked the shit out of the alien when they abducted him, and then they they made a piece. <laughs> they they made they'd made a truce, and then the aliens gave the bigfoot all their technology and the bigfoot's what's really the science squatch as I call them they they there's what's keeping the human race in check <laughs>
1: perfect I like it. It,
0: it i mean it's dumb, but I've heard dumber so. <laughs> i've heard
1: dumber hey it works it makes a freaking badass bunch of silver right
0: yeah Yeah. and uh yeah and it's something you could uh if you that's that's kind of the cool thing about cowboying on the especially on the slow days when you're just trailing cattle or whatever and you can just let your mind wander you can make up some weird shit when 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 you just let your mind wander you know
1: dude there there's a lot of there's a lot of good things, and I've I, some of my greatest ideas went came from just trotting around through the desert,
2: mm-hmm.
1: boring shit, looking for remnants, like just cruising down a freaking cow trail and letting Bermondale your mind like. go. Yeah, you never know where that thing might end up. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It just uh, well, especially like even you know, I'm I'm a feedlot cowboy mostly. I've done some outside work but like most of my my cowboy career has been been inside and but it's the same thing you know like uh say you're you know it's shipping day or whatever or or you're doing check weights you know you know you've got like a good two three hours just at a trot just back and forth and and you just get in a rhythm you don't like you're not even paying Mm -hmm. attention to cattle anymore because it's just it's just a routine at that point you know like right it's second nature so like you're especially if you got good horses and you got you know they're you know you you always you always pick the horse for the job and you you get if you're on the, the right horse like you you guys are moving at the same time like you're not you're not even giving uh, instructions to your horses you're you're just you're moving in in sync and and yeah well, that's when that's when your mind you're, can just go
1: you gonna say if you're me i
0: you're probably jerking and spurring and beating on one a little bit but there's well, timing. and then, it, you have to you know you don't you don't want them to get a big head on them <laughs>
1: yeah. no i did spend
0: some time not very much but
1: some time in a feed yard and i guarantee you um i think that everybody should at least have to spend a year or two in a yard i mean there's a lot of real important things i think a guy can learn from mm-hmm. those and or but for me i i just i just hated my shit being covered and like all my gear being covered in shit all the time. You know, I, God dang, you guys are, you guys are tough. It's a different freaking deal out there, you know, for sure.
0: But. Yeah. Well, especially those big, bigger feedlots. I, I'm, you know, it's fairly small yard I work at now. So it's, 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 uh, I, I grew pretty tired of the corporate life pretty quick. You know, I lasted, <laughs> Uh, I was a year and a half with JBS, and then I was about just shy of six years with Cactus, and um, and Cactus was it was still corporate, but it was way better than than JBS. Um, and now this, uh, I guess technically it's still corporate owned, but it's a it's way smaller in scale right. and and it's more of a cow outfit. I mean, it's just the people that run it are. I, I it's a lot better deal, and I I just I found out the the smaller smaller the operation still, but that's still big enough to do shit is that that's, yeah, that's, that's ideal, you know?
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. I like actually some of my, some of my coolest cowboy stories and shit come from the big places, mm. but I guarantee you some of my best memories come from the, the, the places that are kind of big enough to keep you busy a horseback and shit, but you're mm. not just out and like, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I, I mean, I worked for a place one time. We had like fourteen thousand head of mother cows.
0: Mm.
1: It, it's just a freaking yeah. Grind.
0: See that <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: like everything is places like. Those guys were real religious, and the other half were working alcoholics. You know, because it's <laughs> that's... just
0: took a special. Yeah. Kind when I was. When I. Was to be on that deal yeah when i was there at cactus i uh we we did that confined cow calf thing and i that's the most i've ever worked in my life and i enjoyed it for the most part but it just yeah it wears you wears on you wears on you and you know like it was just it was a given that like the month of february or month of october nobody's off nobody's off on uh in, in october we we're calving we're we're breeding we're we're shipping, you know, like it, it's, it was fucking steep. We had two and a half calf crops a year. Or I guess we had a, we had a, like an early heifer crop. And then we had a, we had a spring crop and a fall crop. And uh, so if you weren't calving, you were weaning. And if you weren't weaning, you were breeding. And uh, if you weren't breeding, you were calving. Yeah, it was just... sounds like a workhouse. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... was that when you
1: say confined? Were like, did they run all those things like in in mm-hmm. feed yard pens or just yep. what were they doing?
0: We had uh we had a couple hundred head out on grass, but the we had about uh I think at our max we had about seven thousand head of mama cows, all all and everything was in the mm-hmm. feedlot. And wow, uh, yeah, that sounds like it is a workhouse. <laughs> well. Was um there was there was plenty of cowboy shit to do though like i i was i will say i was a pretty good i did a pretty good job of cattle managing that deal because i was i was good enough i was still one of the guys enough to where i i took care of them got the i was able to give them enough perks and still kind of keep us under the budget enough to keep the the bosses happy but like the 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 feed yard provided ropes for'em um i tried to i tried to get like as much free shit for the guys as i could and uh and we were the only yard on in the company that that uh, was allowed to carry ropes so that was that was also pretty cool and uh so we <clears throat> i we i don't know about, if i should help. go ahead i uh, say so we 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 were a little fast and loose with uh the safety regulations but uh <laughs> Nobody nobody ever got hurt on my watch or at least outside of like uh you know rolling an ankle or something when a horse falls on you but like no no broken bones no I guess I guess I was the only broken bone and it was it was like a spiral or uh not a spiral fracture but like an a compression fracture on my wrist so it like didn't even break to the outside you know and uh so, so it worked out okay. We
1: worked I worked at a feed yard one time, and they were kind of anti-roping because the year before, there's a real good Mexican guy. His name was Juan, and he was roping. I mean, like, stand on his horse and do the wedding ring around his horse. Mm. I mean, just put that thing wherever you wanted. This is before I started, but they were roping outside, and I guess he he roped one with the backhand, and then he was kind of shitting and getting away from him, and he missed his... Missed his slack once or twice, so in a panic he grabbed his rope like you know upside down.
2: Yeah, dallied
1: with his thumb down, cut his thumb off. So mm. then the feed yard was super against roping, right? Well, I guy that I worked for, he sent me this big black horse to ride, and he was okay, but he's kind of a counterfeit bastard. Mm. And I remember trying to pull a fat out of a pin one time, and like you get that some bitch right to the gate he would turn around and face up with you, and old Blackie just wasn't broke enough to just you know just step in front of him and that fat fucker'd slip by you and you'd take and just three or four times finally I get pissed and <laughs> jerk my rope down big old fat steers running from my left to my right, and I reached out there and roped that prick and right when I like kind of stood up and jerked my slack hard. This black prick bogs his head and goes to farting around. Well, as he's bucking, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take my dallies and jerk this prick on his freaking head, you know, teach him a lesson. Mm -hmm. Well, two coils had crossed over in my hand, and I Mm -hmm. had 60 foot of rope. Two coils crossed over, and when they did, I am like, that ain't no big deal. You know, I just picked my hand up and was going to try to, kind of work the the figure eight out of that, and it come down onto my right hand and half itched over my hand and sucked her down to my saddle horn. Mm. So old Blackie's like kind of half farting around and that fat steer's running around to the right. I'm like, oh God, this ain't good, you know? Well, it ended up breaking all the bones across my hand and rope burned the shit out of me. God dang lost my rope. This... Fat steer goes, and the worst part is that right after I roped him, I've been pricking, I've been screwing with him for 15 minutes. Right after I roped the son and getting a freaking wreck, the bastard runs out with two other heads right out the gate <laughs> and up the alley. Son like, of a bitch. So I got it, and he has two others with him. So I got to go up the alley and set a cross gate so I can get my rope back. And this big black son is snorting around and everything, and finally get him. I think if I remember right, I like dallied up, had him broke, opened the gate, let the other two fats out, closed the gate. Anyways, I get him up there to the the, the north barn, and we get I get him doctored. And we kick that prick back, and everyone else had started processing. And I was running late, and I go down there to the processing barn. i you know I'm holding my hand. Boss says, "What the hell did you do?" And I told him the whole story. He says, "Gosh dang it, man! Whatever you do, you..." better not tell the freaking big boss that you did that roping i'm like well what do you want me to tell him i mean you can see a rope track across my hand you know and it's all swelled up and he says i don't know but you just better make something up so i go in there and i tell him the whole deal i said i broke my hand i need to i need i was gonna clock out i'll go to the doctor Well, apparently at one point they would had a kid that had like got a concussion and he decided to drive himself into town and he passed out driving into town and wrecked his pickup. So they're like, they wouldn't let me drive in for fear I was going to go into shock or some shit. So the big, the owner's son drives me into town. And he said, on the way to town, he says, so what happened? How did you do that? And I'm like, man, I got to come up with a story where I don't sound stupid, but I take one for the team because, I mean, they're they're to the point, they're probably going to take ropes away from guys. So I'm like, yeah, man, it was slick up there. And I got him up there to the hospital, went to run the tub gate. And I slipped on the ice, fell, run my hand underneath the tub gate and got it kind of rammed in there real weird under the gate he kind of looks at me like he wasn't sure he believed me you know (laughs) so i go up there of course it's my right hand that's broken so he's filling out my paperwork and everything and i feel like a freaking dumbass i'm like oh i can't believe this just happened and he puts in there you know injury got hand caught under gate slipping on ice blah 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 So I go in there, and the doctor says, well, he he asked me what happens, and I said, I'll be honest with you, man. Here's what really happened, but I told this guy, and I told him the whole story. And he says, well, I hate to do this to you, but because on the paperwork it says that you caught your hand under a metal gate, we got to give you a tetanus shot. (laughs) So I bent over the doctor's chair there the table or whatever, and that guy gave me a freaking tetanus shot in the ass <laughs> and i had to drive back and went back to processing with my hand in a deal or whatever and when i got back i told them guys I said you sons of bitches owe me because i just got a shot in my ass with a needle about <laughs> that freaking long
0: they do <laughs> use like an overkill needle on that i mean you know as what's as, that on those shot in the ass that they really it's overkill on that needle i mean it, it's
2: dude
1: they kind of hit me up like high on the butt, like almost towards your hip, and, uh man, it felt like it hit bone, man, that son of a gun hurt, but.
0: oh, she hit me right in the middle of my ass cheek, I mean like, right in the fat part of it, and I swear it went right to the center of it i mean i I felt that thing all the way in, and I like needles really don't bother me too much, but that one fucking hurt it was, and you know it's not very. Uh, it was probably, what, like a 20-gauge or something like that. It was not... Yeah. You know, not, it's not
1: very big, but it's long enough.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seemed like overkill on the length, though. It was... Uh, it was uh... Yeah, it hurt. Well,
1: going back to that shit on the feed yards and, like, trying to not let guys pack ropes and shit, I don't know if I should really tell this because it's my uncle's story, but <laughs> he ain't ever going to get on a damn podcast, so he won't give a shit, but...
0: yeah. He was
1: running a a big feed yard down. I think he said Ulysses, Kansas, or so, I think it's Ulysses, Kansas, okay. and and so they took a they. I don't know something happened. Someone got hurt, and they decided one time. Well, by God, we're not going to let any of our guys pack ropes anymore. And the whole cowboy crew, they're like, "We're quitting, man! If they won't let us pack ropes, we're out." And I guess old days, said, "Just you, you boys, just wait. I got a plan." <laughs> And so, they made him pack them stupid radios, or at least the the big boss. He said, I got a plan, you guys just wait. And so, they made a deal that if you needed a rope, a man in a pickup would drive up the feed alley and deliver you a rope. And you could use it, and you're supposed to give the rope back to them. And they're like, what the shit? This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So... He says, "You guys just wait, you know, and' so first date they like, Hey, we need somebody to bring a rope over here to such and such pin because this chain's broke on this gate, we need something to tie this gate shut
0: with,
1: <laughs> so a guy he would run down there, you know, and they'd tie a gate shut and then Hey, uh, we need you to run down to such and such pen. We got a fat steer up here; it's upside down. We need a rope so we can jerk him up right and get the son of a bitch stood up. Yeah. So they'd go up there. Of course, you know there ain't no fat steer there. They're freaking lying about it. But so, well, what the Uh, that son of a bitch got up? I don't know what to tell you. So (laughs) for like three days, they're just making up scenarios where, like, hey, we need this rope up here. Oh yeah. Finally, the. The third day, the owner says, I don't know if you guys are fucking with us or what, but this guy that's supposed to be the rope deliverer, all he's doing is delivering ropes around. So you guys just please be safe and go ahead and pack your ropes. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> funny. I know when, uh, it was kind of the same thing when I got a the boss to, uh, to let us rope cattle in, in the feedlot there. Uh and mostly cuz they're baby cabs. I mean, you're not going to stick them damn things through a chute. And uh but I, every time there was some sort of scenario, I'd be like, "Boy, uh would be really handy to have a rope right now. Be really handy to have a rope right now. <laughs> if I had a rope right now, I could do this." And uh and yeah, he, I think he just got tired of hearing me say that all the time. And uh, cuz we worked, uh, you know, that that was a good thing. Uh, I can't talk shit on him as a as a manager. He he wasn't afraid to work. He'd get out there and work with you, but yeah we are working side to side by side all day every day and like six times a day but boys, be sure handy if i had a rope right about now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah some of them i'm like i guess i get it because some of the guys they get you know maybe are whatever but man a lot of them feed yards around like that in nebraska country and shit man they're just full of helmets and Frickin' vests and all sorts of weird safety shit. Yeah, a different world, you
0: know. They we had the the safety vest for for shipping cattle, which I never really understood why the guys got all all up up in arms about that. There, but there was sure enough, a, like six or eight of those those pen riders that just. Boy, those those reflective vests just pissed them the fuck off, and I'm like, I, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with wearing this vest if it means a feed truck's not going to run over my ass. You know, like I'm I'm fine with like it, it. Really, I didn't I did not see the why everybody was upset about it. Like it didn't it make made zero sense to me, but it pissed people off. But then I know after I left JBS, they got to to where they, they had a list of bits that were approved that you could use on your horses. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm glad I'm out there. I, I wouldn't would have lasted.
1: Yeah, I'd probably be out too. Hey, speaking of like weird safety shit and everything, I can't remember if it was them or if JBS or, or Cargill or something, but I saw like two years ago, there was a deal that they'd come out with on one of them packing plants and they have a freaking robot
0: <laughs> did you see that thing yeah. with them freaking flags did you see the oh my... ramer steer run it right the fuck over too? <laughs> i didn't see that part <laughs> yeah. i would have
1: paid to see it but i that little green machine it's running around and the guy's running it and this them old two flags just a flopping around and I'm like, I don't know what the hell that fucking machine costs, but I got two boys that would do that shit for free. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I, God, I, dude, I saw but, a big old Bramer steer run that thing right over and it was just on its side <laughs> going in a circle with <laughs> the flag still flopping. <laughs> Um, yeah they, that
1: goes kind of back to what Darren and I were talking about I'm like man you know I don't think cowboy like you can't ever replace a cowboy a good cowboy uh-huh. you can't replace him like everyone I've heard a guy one time he's talking about like one day you know they'll have the ear tags in that are going to be able to take temperature so they'll know which one needs doctored so you can go out to a feed pen and doctor it there at the tank or whatever like well yeah maybe one day they'll have that technology but if the margins on the cattle for the producers keep getting smaller and smaller it's going to be more and more unobtainable for those people to where like how how do you reproduce how do you reproduce a, a cowboy with technology i don't know i don't think it's maybe one day but i don't think it's possible
0: well you know they're the way the way i see it the the way the 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 packing side of things going is they're they're phasing out the range cattle um completely they they're either gonna they're they're investing heavily into this lab grown meat stuff and then they're also like you don't see a holstein steer anymore you see crossbred angus angus calves and now right. They just got a, they got that pipeline, and those those cattle grade the same as as uh as beef cattle. Take a little bit longer to feed. Um, never see a blade of grass in their life, but they uh the end products you know the same as far as the packers concerned. So and now they don't have to deal with a bunch of crotchety ass ranchers. So, um, <clears throat> it all fits into that vertically integrated system really really nicely, but. Um, and this is where I think ranchers have uh, are behind the ball on this. Is like the your average like hippie producer or like hippie consumer, they would rather like they they would rather buy something where they know the people that that grew it. Like even if they don't yep. necessarily agree with your practices, they. They'd rather do that than buy it from Walmart or somewhere, and not not their. Yeah, I would too. I oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and for like, I'm sure I'll get some flack from from people about you know that the meat in Walmart being the same as as buying it from your. It's not. It is absolutely not. Like, it's all beef, yes, but there you have no idea where that 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 beef came from in in the grocery store. It might be American beef. It might not be. Well,
1: you were you or I know because I've I've seen some old cancer i no good big legged fucking cows go to but I mean that's right. where they go is Walmart, you know so.
0: right well and the way that the way that uh, packaging thing works you know like all all they have to do is repackage foreign beef and it, it adds value to it so now they can they can market as uh product of the USA yeah. and so who knows but if you buy it from the guy that that uh, raised it take it to a local processor you know you, you know what you have it's a it's a whole it's a whole different game it yep. might be the same grade of meat maybe maybe past the same inspection but you know when you open a package of hamburger you get meat from one animal in that in that package of hamburger where right. your average yep. package from the grocery store is going to have about five to six hundred different animals that, <clears throat> that make up that one package you know like not even saying that's a bad thing i'm just saying that that's the reality of it There's just there it's it's uh volume when you when you come to those big packers and you got to have it if you're gonna if people are gonna eat that much beef you have to have it but there's yeah
1: i would i would like to see personally uh as a smaller time producer and everything like um I know there's one guy in Montana that's pushing pretty hard for it, and I, I think that there's one more in Nebraska that's kind of pushing pretty hard. But I would like to see something like a, a rancher-owned co-op packing plant, like per state, in the, you know. Uh, it, <sighs> when you have that much of a monopoly on who's on who's packing and selling the beef, it's not going to be good for the people who are not the packers. right? You know, uh, I'd like to see if if they could figure out, I I don't know, maybe it's just not, maybe it's not sustainable. Maybe it's something where everyone's always going to fight because it's a co-op deal or what, but like if, if you could get, some smaller co-op owned packing plants that like say there's one in wyoming or montana or wherever mm. that sells that state's beef and maybe they're backed by the stock growers of that state it would be there should be a lot of upside potential for that state's beef yeah you know but I don't know if that's ever going to come down the line. There's a lot of litigation stuff there. so Yeah, I know who knows? Uh,
0: there was – well, Thomas Massey had introduced the, the PRIME Act here a while back, which would it would, it'd lift a lot of the regulations on your small-time processors and allow them to – like allow a state inspection to equal the same – have the carry the same weight as a USDA inspection so your state inspector can come right. – stamp it and you'd be able to sell across state lines that way uh which it seems like there should be a but uh that doesn't bode well for the packers because then they got to go compete like you know if you have if you have somewhere close where you can take a load of load of cattle a fat cattle like you know it makes more sense and especially if that guy's paying you cash for for those like that that makes sense but that's yeah. that's why the Packers moved out of Chicago. They didn't want to bid on the cattle at the stockyards. You know, they they didn't want to deal with the uh, the unions uh, in in the city. They wanted to, so they moved them out to smaller smaller towns, and then they didn't worry about the unions. They just imported cheap uh, foreign labor. Right. And uh. Right. And then they went. They would started going straight to the rancher, and then then uh, he sign him to what looked like a pretty sweetheart deal until he got further along into it. And then they just, but the Packers he's, he's locked up his supply for like the next three, four years uh, and knows what he's going to have. You know, it's like, they're very shrewd. Like they're, mm-hmm. there's a reason. all the oh, yeah. Ranchers have been losing a lot. <laughs> it's uh, like those guys. No, they're those they are they are not good bad at what business. They do, and they've rigged. They're them. not bad business. No. And they use, they also use their, their good business sense to also um wedge their way in on government and then they've they've been able to rig the game to where they're not cheating they're playing by the rules that they set
1: well you know i don't know if this is true or not but i heard one time that like uh the uh there was a bunch of guys that were involved what the hell is it was it uh is it jbs that was heavily involved in brazil was that right yeah brazilian owned yeah yeah jbs I, someone told me one time that like uh most of their their higher up like the ceo cfo all that shit at one point had been in jail for embezzlement
0: oh yeah and or or some sort of some sort of corruption charges yeah they were yeah, uh... yeah. Yeah, and, and like there's been plenty of people in the Brazilian government that uh like there's members of their government in prison for for that were yep. getting paid, you know, million dollars a year or something by the Batistas who own, you know, JBS. Mm-hmm. But um but it was the same thing here mm-hmm. though. They they bought out a bunch of the chicken stuff, they bought a bunch of the pork stuff and then uh
1: they Yeah. Yeah, beef's right. It's coming down the line. We're 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 gonna be we're the last of the holdouts as far as, like, the chicken and pork stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, beef's right next. It's coming, you know. Yeah. I don't know why it's – as much as some of these guys like to screw around with subsidies and all that stuff, I, I'm kind of impressed that, really, the beef industry industry isn't already overrun by the same exact thing because um, chicken and pork is already there. Well, so. chicken
0: and pork are – a lot more predictable too and they're uh and they yeah. it doesn't take near as long to to go from you know birth to to the plate either, you know, where it takes it takes a minute yeah, two good. years for for a steer to to be born and then hit your you know, for to be for the cow to be bred and then for the steer to hit mm-hmm. hit your plate. You know, that's a minimum two year yeah, process. So it's it's a little tougher, but like I said with that dairy industry that which is heavily subsidized that's why and these sub- subsidized industries uh, that's w- like corn and soybean that's why america's so damn fat it's it's all the it's sugar and corn and soybean and all the stuff but that's all mm-hmm. subsidized too yep. there there's no incentive yep. for the midwest farmers to grow anything other than corn and soybeans because nothing else is subsidized so yep. and it's it goes agree.
1: back but to- you watch they're doing that shit with the the cattle industry right now with LRP, oh, yeah. uh, it, I mean that's that's what it is. It's a government subsidy, and yep. everybody you talk to talks about how it's a it's a dirty, good son of a gun. You're guaranteed to do this, and it's worth the like. I hate to be that guy, but I don't. For anybody who is a a book reader, if you've ever read the book, "The Time It Never Rained" by Elmer Kelp,
0: mentioned that too. It's <laughs>
1: that's that's. For all you guys listening, that's what LRP is. Be careful how you handle yourselves with that. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but you should be careful how you use it.
0: And on that note, um, for all you folks that don't like to physically read books, it's on audiobook. You can go to Audible, sign up for a free month, and you can buy it with that, and uh, then you can cancel your membership and you get it for free. So
1: It's It's a good – and actually, I – I did not read the book. I actually listened to it on Audible and the version on yeah. Audible is is very well read. Yeah, it's it's, exactly, it's worth I, I did, listening or reading.
0: I've uh, I've read it and listened to it both and but the first time I mm. I encountered it was on audio book and it's yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's a really well done mm. book, a lot of wisdom there, but <laughs> yeah, there's no mm. there's literally no reason for you not to read it even if you don't know how to read. Just go find it on Audible and uh yeah so uh yeah. but yeah that i'm I'm of the same same mind all those it, it's all these subsidies uh, just whenever I hear it hear anything about them it's just it, it always that goes back to the road to hell is paved with good intentions i I don't think any of these <laughs> subsidies are, are start with uh with any evil intentions, but it just no it distorts the market it uh the market is all about signals uh and and if uh yep. like my where I grew up, southeast Colorado, the High Plains was not meant for farming. It's pretty obvious at this point, I would say that like it's not a good place to farm. It never has been. You know, there's there was a couple couple years stretch where where wheat farming was really good, but you plowed all the grass under it and there was nothing to hold the dirt down when when it dried out and the wind blew. You know, that's what the grass was there <laughs> for. And uh Yes. And
1: yeah, like 150, 200 years of topsoil, you guys just fucked up because you plowed it for 10 well, years in a row that, and
0: let it... That all came through subsidized land and subsidized wheat. And uh, yes. and when the, the wheat market dropped, instead of... like There were plenty of farmers that got out then. Those were the smart ones. But the rest of them doubled down and bought more land and plowed more under and tried to make up the loss by, by producing more. And that just... It made the problem worse when the and so like when when people talk about like man made climate change, I'm not like I'm not uh, on board with this like whole green energy push that we got. But I'm very much a believer that that men can can change the climate. Like not, they, we don't control the weather, but we can control yeah. the conditions on or on the ground that make it a lot worse. You know. Yes. You yes. At, absolutely. And I, like Phoenix. I, uh, um. You know they they had was it 31 days of over 110 degree heat, but it was just Phoenix, Phoenix and Vegas everywhere outside there, outside the little heat dome that's caused by all the concrete and steel was like 10 degrees cooler. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And everybody's everybody around that Well, fuck all Arizona. They just, they, uh, what do they call it? Not landscape uh, rockscaping. Yeah. Everything. They cover everything in concrete and rocks. Yeah. And, uh, cinder blocks or whatever but yeah so and also uh where we are we're from wyoming and the wind always blows Mm -hmm. and so we have a lot of of wind farms around here and big wind generators and shit okay without going too far down that rabbit hole about why i think that it's like one of the worst fucking just it's stupid is number one uh a wind turbine cannot actually produce enough energy to pay for how much money that it took to erect it and the infrastructure it takes to keep it running
0: Mm
1: -hmm. including roads and everything blm and private leases for the roads and all that stuff
0: and and the d another thing is generators to turn the blades when the wind's not blowing
1: (laughs) well so I have heard that before. I will say here and the wind's not blowing, they're just plain ass off. But the other thing is, is if the wind's blowing too hard, they they put the brakes on and they turn them off because then they can keep going too fast mm. and that doesn't work either. Well, the other interesting thing is I've got a cousin who's an electrician. He's working on a big substation out here not too far from the house. And, and uh, he was telling me that the blades on those windmills are only good for like i think it was uh i can't remember if you told me if it was six or ten years but yeah, somewhere around there i've heard I think it was like ten that, years too. but it's something about the sunlight screws them up so most of the blades are never actually mounted on one of those things until they're two or three years old so they have like a six or seven year life on them at the most
2: huh.
1: and then the other thing is is we run we run some cows on the lease up there in shirley basin wyoming and there's wind farms all over and if you go to a certain spot you can see two different big well actually it's technically three different wind farms and i have seen too many times where black i mean black thunderheads full of rain come up and get to those wind turbines and dissipate and then go around and then form again after the wind forms, and so if if you paid attention in in uh, in science class, rain to form and actually get heavy enough to fall as raindrops, they got that the water has to rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and mm-hmm. fall till it gets so heavy it falls. So, I think this is my own opinion. What is happening is the the wind turbines are are dissipating or they're screwing up the rain patterns. Yeah. And all the the bunny lover tree hugger freaking goofballs that think we're saving the environment by doing that. And I'm not saying it's on a big scale, but I honestly do believe that on a small scale that they're they're causing little micro droughts where they are and downwind of where they are for a while till the like storm clouds can an build up
0: enough. or something.
1: Well, I've, I've even seen pictures online where storm clouds would come up and then when they hit those turbines for a long time behind that, like the storm clouds are really, they're like corrupt and like, they're not, they're really weird. And then they, after a while, they kind of form again and they'll start raining, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I I think like you said, you know, (laughs) paved in good intentions, but they're the worst thing that you can ever hear in my opinion is I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Yeah. You know, like that usually does not end well.
0: No, so. no, it really, it really don't. But I don't know. It, Cause like we're, we're based off a of market economy, you know, like it's heavily influenced by the government at this point, but it's still a market-based economy. And, and every time you, the government interferes with it, it, it disrupts the signals that the market sends to, other aspects of the market you know it's right like if if it wasn't for the subsidies of corn and the mandate for like the ethanol uh the price of corn would crater because we produce so much of it and guys would stop growing corn because they can't make money on it anymore and they they would have to find something else but the farmers don't want to do that either because they're I mean, and maybe it's not a great living, but they've they've got a pretty good deal going with with these subsidies and uh, and uh, and this, yeah. all these like insurance deals. That I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they do it. It's, uh, but like they don't. Well, become... you got to
1: make your land payment. You know, mm-hmm. I mean,
0: it don't matter if you're a
1: farmer or a rancher or you're leasing a place you have to make your, you have to pay the bills. You have to make a Mm -hmm. land payment. So when you're, if something doesn't work, I I understand. And I'm not chastising the people that do do that. You know, I mean, you got to pay the bills, but the thing is, is if if you're doing it time and time and time again, all it is, is it, it it becomes a crutch for those producers. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it, it, Okay, what happens if you take those away? Well, now all of a sudden we're dependent on the government to yep. make a living, and when that goes away, we're standing with our pants down. Yep. I mean it. It, it, it history repeats itself. It's been done. It doesn't yeah. work. You know. So.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, but, but like like I said, people get dependent, and dependent people get. Uh, i mean if if that's your that's your living because that is that's how they make their living and uh you take that try to take that away (laughs) from somebody they're gonna fight Uh, that that, that's also been proven time after time and and yeah so that's why yeah and um and then it makes it easier for government to just roll all of that farm stuff into one great big bill and you throw food stamps in there with it so uh so you (laughs) get the democrats on board and whatever and then uh the republicans when they pass it they can say hey we helped the farmers and then the democrats can say hey we helped poor people while helping the farmers well, and then and everybody gets fucked
1: i think it was i can't remember if it was 22 or if it was i think it was in 2023 that the freaking farm bill someone told me that i think it was 2 2% of the farm bill actually involved agriculture
0: yeah something and like that and then it
1: was food stamps and well, whatever the Frick else, you know, I mean, it's just, like you said, it's, it goes under farm bill, mm-hmm. Republicans will vote on it, we help the farmers, the Democrats will vote on it, because there's food stamps, and then we're also, okay, so there's like 3% of the farm bill, and then we're gonna add a bunch of 97% of other bullshit, Right. and it's gonna get passed, it's, it's the farm bill, oh. it was good, it was good for our country, and they, it, it's just frickin' asinine, you know, and the problem is, Well, a friend of mine and I, I try, I try not to get into politics too much because it just pisses me off, Uh, but they're, so, so the one thing that, that drives me nuts, okay, and we talked about the, like, how, how do we get to the point where, where they're talking about, like, uh, literally, minor attracted people is a thing they're trying to you know and all the lgbtq freaking yeah. whatever you want up a donkey shit so they're like how does it get to that point we're like we, you know and i finally i thought you know i know how it gets to the point is because the people that are pushing for all of that are the ones that have no life no jobs no responsibilities farming the government I'm not saying farming as farm I mean taking welfare American farming the government, the government yeah. they have time on their hands and they're the ones that are spending their time jumping up and down screaming so they're the ones that are heard from from the uh I'm sorry from uh CNN or whoever else mm-hmm. right well the people who are actually holding the country together that are the fiber of the country are out here working their asses off, trying to feed the rest of them. We don't have time to sit there and argue with that stupid shit. So then the majority starts to feel like they're overrun by the people who have no time on their hands preaching this shit, when really we're still the majority. It's just that the people in town think that we're not there because we don't have a voice.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, makes it takes sense. a lot of people just saying no. I mean, that no. that's a, it, what? just saying no. That's a, that's really what ended COVID. Was people enough people finally said, "I'm not doing this anymore"? That's what really yes. happened. It wasn't the science changed. We all knew what the science was pretty early on, particularly us in animal like that work with within animal health. We know what vaccines are. We know how they work. We know how viruses work, and you could tell from about. Mm, april to may of 2020 of 2020 that they were feeding us full of shit like if, yeah. if you've ever if you've ever swept out a granary or or uh any sort of sort of grain bin yeah. you, you know those N95 masks are not 100% effective you know that and you know that a cloth mask ain't going to do a goddamn thing B- well, but you're and, not allowed you to know, say I've that, heard, or you weren't allowed to say that at the time. But you, you were. You just had to say it, and and enough people finally did, yeah. and that's what that's what caused it all to come to an end.
1: Well, and and uh, <laughs> I remember going into my local Walmart. Sir, you need a mask, and I just no, thank you. And I told my wife, I hate to be that guy, but this is the fucking hill that I'll die on. Like. I would rather die of covid than have some overweight freaking lady at the Walmart tell me that I am required to wear a mask or they won't serve me. And I told my wife this. She'd get pissed every once in a while like how can they t- and I told her no listen. Here's the thing. If they want to tell me that I have to wear a mask to go into their business that's fine that's their right this is America they can say they can do whatever the hell they want to do. Mm-hmm. I do not have to follow that and what I hope is is that the people who had that pushed upon them that they didn't agree with that remember that when all this shit is over yeah uh like if they want to try to push that shit on me, that's fine. Hopefully I'm strong-willed enough to say, no, I ain't freaking doing it. And basic, nobody that was trying to actually tell you that, like, they're not going to stand up to you and say, you have to wear one. No. I mean, like I'll freaking leave, you know, just, just tell them no. But the, the, the interesting thing to me was the people that I kind of considered to be fairly strong-willed that would say, oh, okay, well, they, they, they tell you have to do it. <laughs> no, they can say all they want. But last I checked, we don't live in Russia. And the proudest moment I've ever had in my life, I'm not kidding you. My boy, he was probably six, he's nine. So he was, uh, I don't know, six at the time or something. Uh, his grandma, my, my two boys, we sent them over to their grandma's house for like a week this is probably uh, the end of 2020 or something, mm-hmm. and she decides that she's gonna take him in to get like professional pictures taken of the two boys, right? Yeah. And so, uh, like, to like my boy, he always heard like we. I mean, we don't have no. I told him this too. You ever go to school or any of that crap? If anyone ever tells you you have to wear a mask, you can tell them no if you don't want to, and I will stick up for you. Okay, so. So they go to get their picture taken, and their grandma, I guess, reaches in the console and reaches in the back and tries to hand them both a mask. And I guess my oldest bo- my little one puts it on, you know, he's just a little tiny yeah. kid. The yeah. oldest one says, why do I have to wear that? And she said, because there's a sign on the door that um, all ma- masks are required. And my kid must have heard me say this, but he looks, he says, masks? What is this Russia?
0: <laughs>
1: but I'm like, I think there ain't you know, like instill that in your kids to let them know that I mean this is supposed to be a free country yeah. and and that stuff that okay, so they might not convince us that that's the correct way mm-hmm. but then most of, or some or most of the our kids' generation. Will yeah. accept that, and by their grandkids' generation, it's it's not even questioned anymore. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, that's that's true. That's that's why we homeschool. Like I'm just, I, it was all over the mask deal. Like my my daughter was getting ready to go to, to kindergarten, and I was like, well mm, They're they're requiring masks. And, nah, well, we've talked about homeschooling for a long time. I guess we're homeschooling now. So bucket yeah and uh we have been and see
1: we lived we worked on a cow camp at that time so it wasn't even a question just that was my oldest kid's first year so we uh we we just homeschooled anyways Mm -hmm. and then we later on moved and had an opportunity for our kids to go to town school and it was like right kind of at the end of that deal, and I told them, I asked them straight up. I said, "We want to know what your deal is with masks, because that's going to decide if our kids come here or not." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Well, if the mandate comes back, we have to we have to tell you you are supposed to wear a mask, but we don't like them around here, and we won't enforce it." I said, "Well, that sounds like a school we're willing to go to." Yeah, uh, it's just. I, I don't know, it, you know, they fought, they fought the revolutionary war over like a Two. few percent tea tax yeah. And then here we are, te- we're getting told we have to wear masks and people bow down. It doesn't take long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, our taxes are, they tax fucking everything, <laughs> everything.
1: You know, though, I, I read somewhere that most countries, uh, the government's for the government's force inflation so fast that like a hundred to a hundred and fifty years is how is how long most currencies last. Yeah. Well we're from seventeen well, not six, but after the Revolutionary War till now, we're still operating on the dollar although it's changed a little bit. Yeah, like I think well. I read somewhere that although the dollar really ain't worth shit and inflation's been biting us in the balls and everything, that um, America is, like, one of the longest-lasting countries with a certain currency. I think that the Roman Empire might have been longer. I'm sure they were longer, but... um, I mean, we're... Although this country is screwed up, it's still the best country there is to live in. I believe. Well,
0: sure. I think that's uh, that's a hundred percent true. There's, uh, I and I say this as having only visited just over the border into Mexico. Other than that, I've not been outside of the U.S. But I do a lot of reading. I uh, and I, I I I pay attention to stuff that's going on in the world. I, I I I'm a history guy, so I'm always trying to figure out. Like I'm I've been reading. I got I'm always like. Everybody always hates the Jews. Like why why is everybody pissed at the Jews all the time? Like why why so like I'm going back to like the Russian Empire, see what, what, what caused them to hate the Jews? Uh turns out there's several different sides to that story and I don't know which one's right, but I'm gonna read it all and see, you know, it's uh mm-hmm. it's all interesting, it's fascinating. It helps you figure out what the hell things are happening the way they are now and uh like that currency. Well, oh um it if uh, if you go back and listen to, like, Ron Paul's stuff, he's been talking about the Federal Reserve forever, and that's because, once again, like, currency only has value if we assign it value, and the dollar had value because it was backed by precious metals, and then...
1: Yeah, uh, and it wasn't.
0: Yeah, now after after Reagan or not Reagan Nixon pulled us off the gold standard. Now it's strictly upheld by the force of the U.S. military. Like that's we we enforce our will on countries to make sure they trade for international goods in the U.S. dollar, and that's what gives the dollar its value. Um, but yeah, we've, we've done a pretty good job of pissing that away too. So it's uh, I. Yeah, I think we're in for for some economic hardship here in the in the near future. I don't know. How well,
1: to, I don't, I hate to be that guy. With, like I said, I try not to get too political, but I'm afraid that there's a possibility that we're going to get we're going to be in for more than just economic hardship. Well, I, I got so a good friend,
0: but I uh... I've
1: got a very good friend of mine who uh, he does. Well, he actually went to Ukraine last year for a month in February and he's getting ready to go here again pretty quick. This time on some like humanitarian aid stuff and and uh he, he kind of he follows all that stuff a lot more closely than I do and he said that you would be absolutely amazed the amount of known terrorists that have crossed into the United States on the southern border here in the last couple years so
0: i've heard that too and Uh, i don't i don't know how much to make of that and um yeah it's i don't i don't focus on it too much because there ain't a goddamn thing i can do about it at the moment you know i can if shooting starts i can shoot back for a little while um but yeah they do but other than that you know i just i focus on the cows i focus on my on my kids and uh i focus on putting out. that's what you putting out a good I think now,
1: that actually. is the the only thing you can't do on all that mm-hmm. is uh take taking care of your tribe I mean right. whoever that is your your friends your family raise them up the best you can do what you can try to teach them to be upstanding citizens that know how to take care of themselves right.
0: and quit bitching that, about that, the, that's all the you younger can. generation being soft when you have to you know, when you lose your breath trying to tie your shoes, you know, like <laughs> if, if you're fat as fuck, you're also soft as fuck. So don't be bitching about these younger kids being soft, you know, like that's,
1: Hey, I'd take, I, yeah, that was a personal attack. Hey, God, I, I
0: was a fatty, my own. Side, you know? I, that, that was the thing though. Is I was like, I'm still fairly young and, uh, I should not be short of breath, you know, pulling my boots on. So like, it's time to get back into shape, you know? We look back at these old timers that uh, that we look up to. Ain't many of them that I, that I look up to that that uh, ever let themselves get fat either. You know, they uh, right. they, uh, yeah. they kept themselves well. in good shape, and uh, and so I like. Yep. I don't know. As as cliche as it sounds, it's like you got to take care of this old thing if you wanna if you wanna keep on trucking. So and, you're exactly and yeah if you don't, if you don't want to be soft, you got to be somewhat in shape, you know, like it, like hard, yeah. hard men go out and do hard shit and you got to be in shit, uh, in shape to do all that yeah. stuff. And, uh,
1: that's exactly right. I, I started, I quit cowboying full time. I mean, we still run our cows and I day work and I got two different, uh, deals where we run some customer cows as well. But a couple years ago, I started brand inspecting for the state of Wyoming and, I started, you just spend too much time driving around in a pickup Mm -hmm. and then you go to a a shipping and everybody feeds you homemade donuts and everything you can freaking eat. If you're used to like living in a cow camp and shit that first year, you're just like, this is the greatest thing ever, you know. Then pretty soon you start getting fat and finally this winter, I'm like, man, this, this shit's getting out of hand, you know, and I kind of started to, Try to get a little. It's not very much, but a little half-assed workout mm-hmm. regimen and start eating a little better and drinking a little bit less beer. Because you're exactly right. I think there's something that happens when you hit thirty, thirty-five years old where you kind of start to realize a little bit. Like, yeah, I ain't twenty. I can't eat two tombstones a day and still yeah. be. Well, it doesn't catch have up a with you
0: all at once, but you notice it after a while. Like, you start noticing it, and you're like, hmm, hmm. I guess, uh, I am like, you're not, I'm not slowed all the way down, but I'm definitely slower than I was. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing my best to reverse that as much as my, I can, especially with my kids, uh, getting older, you know, they're, they're both in wrestling and scouts and stuff, you know, and like, I I'd love to take them on, on some big long hikes and go overnight camping trips too, with, with the troop and well, yeah, Mm -hmm. I got to get up the mountain too. So let's, uh let's get, yep. get up fatty let's go you know it's it's uh <laughs> it's uh i've got time to do it now well i can still catch the little bastards but here in a couple of years i won't be able to if uh if i keep that the way yeah. i'm at it so i gotta i gotta gotta get in yeah. shape now so i'll be ready when they're teenagers you bet yeah
1: yeah well you gotta be able to i think there's something uh there's something different in the kids growing up who are 16 years old that still like kind of think that maybe their dad can beat their ass, <laughs> you know, like them kids are just a little, they, they maybe a little bit more in order at times. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and I don't know. I, uh, it, it's amazing. Like the different types of communities. Like I, I always like, obviously I, I, you know, I gravitate towards like ranch and cowboy types. Um, Military types, um, and then like now, now I'm in like I wrestled a little bit in and junior high and high school, and I wasn't ever real good at it, but I, I wrestled some. But got the kids into, and I love going and interacting with like the kids at wrestling tournaments. They're all respectful. They're all little savages, you know. Especially like the the older they get, they're all you know they're they're all pretty intense, but they're very respectful. They shake your hand, they look you in the eye, and which is you know I'm I'm sort of halfway autistic so i don't like a whole lot of eye contact so it weirds me out a little bit but but you know like i i I respect that you know and and it's uh sort of like these are good these are kind of people i like to be around you know like because their kids aren't assholes you know that's how i Mm -hmm. anymore that's how i judge people is how their kids act is like your kids assholes are you're you're probably you probably suck as a person somehow you might be fun to hang out with but i bet at the end of it you, you're you kind of suck as a person or you're, you're just you're not doing you're not keeping your shit together and uh yeah yeah that's a it's a really yeah. good indicator and not always i mean sometimes there's there's kids that just well that kid kids that are good yeah, for no, no reason I, I would... uh, or kids that are bad for no reason and uh but for the most part it has it's almost always the parents and yeah so if the kids are the kids are good i figure their parents are there there's they get something good going there like they may not be my my best mm-hmm. friends but at least like hey they're those are the the right type yeah. of people
1: at least hopefully if nothing else at least have it in mind of what kind of humans they're
0: yeah producing
1: you know and right because yeah i there i think there's a lot of people who just have kids and they treat them like having a little pack of puppies around and they feed them and clean their butt and they run wild and then pretty soon they're 18 and they have they have no understanding of how the world works. And then there's people who maybe aren't the best or the nicest people in the world or something that at least, if nothing else, they're trying to raise productive citizens. and. Yeah pretty important i would agree with that
0: yeah i i think so it's uh i mean i said it's uh (laughs) you 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 learn a lot through throughout this life if you pay attention a little bit and uh and yeah i it's it's also funny like the more you the more you learn the the more you realize you don't know shit um but that there's one one thing i've learned is like that's really all you can focus on or all you can really control is how how you how you forge your family going forward is is how how you take care of your your own shit and then if you're around enough people like that that take care of their own shit then you can group together and you know take on a city government or whatever a county you know and and eventually eventually you can you can get back to where we're in a, a decent society again like i i would love to take my kids to new york city and show them around someday but i don't want to do it now i don't want them to get stabbed by some venezuelan immigrant that i don't know why the hell he's over here in the first place you know like um yeah it's uh well you know you know like those those... sorry if i go ahead go ahead
1: i was gonna say sorry if i'm walking on you here a little bit um you you kind of made the comment about like i you know i just try to raise my kids and worry about cows and whatever and and I don't, I don't know there's not much i can do about it right now yeah. and there was a, a very good buddy my his name's justin harvey uh probably not well known he's really not on social media or anything but like he is a real good cowboy good hand and a very good friend of mine mm-hmm. and uh we have talks sometimes on the phone that'll go on for three four hours and it's like who knows man it might be dogs horses women cattle yeah freaking dinosaurs i mean it just like who knows where that conversation will go and i made the comment one time i said you know i used to follow politics really hard but i got to the point where it actually started to affect my mood like i was getting Mm. i was getting bummed out or pissed like man how are we this screwed up as a and i told him one time i said i don't know like how how do you what what do you do i can't do anything to fix it and and he told me. He said, "I don't know where he'd heard it, but he said he'd heard somewhere one time. If you want to change the world, first you have to make your bed. Yeah. You have to clean your room. Yeah. And if you can't make your bed, how can you affect it, Or how can you expect to change anything? And like, just just start by cleaning your room, and then who knows? Maybe, maybe well, that felt good, and you can go help your kid clean his room, and then you know, it just." What he was getting at is pretty soon doing good things that aren't fun to do start to snowball, and then pretty soon maybe your kid helps some kid get picked up at school that got pushed down from a bully mm-hmm. or something, and and the, the butterfly effect of that. And then, I mean, pretty soon, who knows, one day that might reach into your to your city government or something. Yeah. And when, when he started to explain it to me like that, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it it's like anything. What, what can, what can we do? Well, it feels like we can't do anything, but basically what it boils down to is just, just do the best you can in life and try to raise good kids yep. and
0: Take care and of what you can take care of, and right leave
1: thing. the rest to God. Yeah, take care of your tribe. Yeah, exactly. Just take care, of you. and and have a tribe. Like, if you know, if you have friends that treat you right, treat them right. Yeah. Do do right by your family and your friends, and like, who knows where that can go in life? You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I,
1: I, that sounds kind of preachy for a cowboy podcast. No, but, but I, we I, haven't I, talked about much stuff.
0: But I started <laughs> strong, but. It, uh, it's like any other cowboy conversation you never know where it's going to lead off to and that's uh, that's when I you know when you ask me I, I don't know we'll, we'll, it's good conversation it's good conversation we'll just keep keep talking it don't matter what the topic is but no I think there's uh I, I think there's a lot to that I mean it's uh it's kind of like I don't know I've, I've run some pretty decent sized crews and I've been I've been low man on the totem pole on on some some decent sized crew and I don't know. The the good has always said, "Do your job, and then when your job's done, see where you can help out." That's that's what what you can do. But and I I tell my kids yeah. all the time when they get to the bicker into like, well, "You worry about your you do what you can do, do your job. Don't worry about your sister. You don't worry about your brother. You do your job, and the the rest of it will take care of itself. You know, you d- you do your job, yep. take care of your shit, and uh and if you can't if you can't control the outcome. <sighs> why worry about it? There's not, if you can't control it, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll work out how it's supposed to. Um,
1: I don't know if you like follow Jocko Welling at all or anything, but I, I, uh, he, he kind of talks
0: familiar with him. I don't, I don't listen to him regularly, but I, uh, <clears throat> I, I like his stuff a lot.
1: He kind of he talks about the same thing. Like I remember hearing one time that someone had sent in a, uh, a question like, here's the deal, man. Like i I've tried, I've tried to do what you say and take ownership and go above and beyond. Well, what happens if the guy that you work for is just a piece of shit? Like you know, I mean, he's just no good. Like just, he's a bad human being. Whatever, he freaking beats his wife, or he's a bad leader. And he he said, you know, just say uh, this is hard to do, but good. Say good. Work harder. And it's funny when if you work hard enough, pretty soon you'll start making him look good. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon you make him look so good that your life just got easier because he he looks at you on favor. And then maybe his boss looks at you on favor. And it's no cutting cinches or backstabbing or anything. Just yeah, good. Just go do your shit and you will prosper, right? You know, and I've that i've thought about that a lot in the last two or three years of hearing that and it's hard to do at times especially if you don't like the situation you're in but if you just go if you just go do what you're supposed to do just like you're saying i tell my kids the same thing that you tell your kids my oldest boy <laughs> i always tell him quit mother henning your brother mm-hmm. you know like let him get in trouble yeah if if He's not doing his deal. You go do your deal if he don't do his deal. But quit telling him what to do. You know, just do your deal. Yeah. Same thing.
0: Well, and like on the, on the cowboy end of things, that's one of the great things about cowboying, especially if you're, you're single and a younger guy, is that riding for the brand bullshit, that was invented by the rancher, not the cowboy. I guarantee you that because the cowboy's mentality is if I don't like this job, I was looking for one when I found this one. So... On to the next one, you know, yeah. and now if you got wife and kids, it's a little, little tougher to do that. But still, I mean, I picked up and moved from Kansas to Nevada when I was what was that, 31 years old and wife and two kids. You know, uh, it's it sucked in the transition, but it was better in the long run. You know, it's just <laughs> it's still America. You can pick up and go wherever yep. you want to. Exactly. And uh like all the all the I can't do that. It's too expensive. Yeah. Eat some beans instead, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Make your own coffee at home. Yeah, dude. I'm the
1: king of I'm the king of moving. We countered it up one time and so now some of these would be like living on the same ranch and moving to a nicer house or like one time we had a cow camp job where we'd stay at one place in the winter and then we'd move like we went to our winter place to cow camp to the winter place to cow camp back to the winter place before we ever left Mm. so we had five moves on one ranch but we figured it up one the other day and and my oldest kid's nine years old and i think he's moved 13 times you know and so like we we were the king of moving around and like man i i would have left places back in the day from i didn't like the way the barn door swung or I'm like, man, you know, like, uh, just stupid shit. I, I left a place one time because I was tired of my pickup being a piece of shit, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, or my ranch yeah, pickup. No, it's
0: just. That's the great thing about life is, like, I mean, at the end of the day, you can just move. Like, you don't have to stay there, and that's part of it. Like, yeah. The, like all the, I think it was Jordan Peterson who's the, the you know the make your bed guys. Uh, you know he had the twelve rules for life, and the same type of thing is like you start small, you start with you, with what you can control. And like I, I did the seventy five hard challenges, another one of those fitness challenges. But if you look at what you're supposed to do, it seems hard, but it's really not. Like you, you quit no. you quit boozing for seventy five days. You work out twice a day. You you drink a gallon of water, which is good for you. All of that shit's good for you. It, it helps you live longer, and then and read ten pages of a of a nonfiction book. You know, like it's if you really like it, it's hard to get it all in 70, 75 days in a row if if you're busy and whatnot. But it's possible, and it, you feel awesome when you do. Like it's that's the the crazy part yeah. is like you you realize I, I... how much water you need once you start actually drinking what you're supposed to drink
1: yeah yeah i would agree with that and um it's kind of like i had a guy tell me one time he said i said man that sucks he said no it doesn't suck the thought of it sucks he said it's no different than moving a bunch of little square bales or going and fixing fence or going and cheeking around some freaking bronc on some place that you're on that you're afraid is going to freaking fart you off or whatever out in the sagebrush he said no really once you get going, you're just going and it's fine. He said the thought of it sucks, yeah. and the thought of starting it sucks, but it doesn't suck, man. Like, I mean, yeah, we, <laughs> life's pretty good, especially if you're a cowboy, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, I've thought about that a lot here over the last year or so. It's just like, I I get so tired of people talking about how there's no good hands anymore. And, uh, and the people that are bitching about it—not not all the time—but I've more more times than I can count, I've heard heard guys talking about how there's no good hands anymore. And then you look at their kids, and they and their kids have no interest in it. They their their dads have no interest in teaching it to them. And you're like, well, okay, that that's a missed opportunity for a good hand, right there. And uh, and then you're like, you know, I just I you hear i i don't wanna be the old man's just bitching about how the young kids ain't worth shit anymore without even trying to to do my part to make sure they're not shitty you know and uh yeah. and if you're if if you're just uh just a fat lazy asshole that just talks shit on everybody like you're nothing to look up to either like you gotta give your your the younger generation something to look up to and I ain't yeah. much to look at, but i'm gonna like i'm gonna give them my best to to like to be the role model like I didn't, you know, there's a good chunk of my childhood I didn't have a <clears throat> you know, life was pretty uncertain where I was going to end up and I didn't have a great uh you know, male role model and uh like when once I once I found that, you know, I got that, that was it it's a, it's a life changer, you know, like it and and a lot of that I hated my, rail, my male role models during that period cuz they they worked my ass off, you know but it, it yeah. instills yeah. work ethic It still like it instills that you know in uh, there's another jocko thing or military thing in general just embrace the suck yeah it's gonna suck Accept that from the get-go and then go do it
1: yeah well i was I, I mean i grew up in town man i didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground and and I got super lucky when I started out. I took ass chewings that would've made most fucking kids cry. Like I sh- I told Darren Little this the other day, like, I took ass chewings. Like if you if someone would have done that on a corporate ranch today, they would have got sent to HR and fired. Mm. Like, and it was just part of it. But uh luckily there was those guys. There was some guys that were willing to look at me and say, <laughs> That dumb little son of a bitch, you know, like we got to help this kid or he's going to get killed. (laughs) And there was like, I mean, I had a couple of them starting out and one of them would have been like Charlie Fortune. I worked for him for a while. Good guy. And he had a way. He had a way of telling you you were doing stupid shit without ever really saying it or making you feel dumb. Mm -hmm. And then like maybe two days later, you'd be like, oh. I you know, but there there was, you know, half a dozen guys that were willing to take me under their wing and show me stuff and everything and and I don't think that there's enough of that out there. Like yeah. it, it's pretty easy if you go to a open like a you know, a ranch open or ranch Odie or something and there's a kid that's struggling, it's pretty easy for guys <laughs> to say, Oh, look at that dumb sucker, he's gonna die out there but the guys And it was actually Charlie Fortunate told me one time, he said, anybody can learn something from a good hand, but it takes a good hand to learn something from a bad hand. And, uh, you know, if, if, and most of the guys that I look up to would be the guys that would be over there in the corner, not doing it in front of people and making a kid look bad or nothing. But, hey, man, you know, if you do this or that or, you hold your rope this way or you know whatever set your horse up this way pick his rib up do whatever and maybe just it works for me but you know i don't know maybe it won't work for you yeah yeah uh, those are the guys that i look up to
0: you know yeah well and i've i've learned over the years too like different ways. i've i like my my one of my favorite sayings i don't remember who told me he's like i i'm not going to tell you how to do it but here's how i do it and 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 it's a great piece of advice like if you don't know how to start with somebody like that's a great way to start like i'm not going to tell you how to do this job but here's how i'm going to do it today this is what i'm going to do here's my process blah 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 whatever and uh yeah yeah and it's always great to end it with that like it it may not work for you but this is how i'm this is how i do it It works all right for me and uh
1: yep yeah (laughs) yeah or or the Hey man, I'm not trying to tell you what to do or get in your business, but, and that's, that's when you better fricking listen because yeah. you're doing something stupid, Yeah. you know?
0: But it, it's always those guys that are willing to help. They're also, you know, like willing to help you out. They're also, I and mean, cause I've been on the, you know, I've been there with them as a, uh, you're either, it's either right before you trot off to go help them or you, you run towards the wreck to, to get them untangled and you go, well, I guess they ain't got any quitting them, do they? <laughs> And then, yeah. then you go yeah. you get, then you're in a rush to go get him untangled or whatever the hell but it's uh that's usually like all right i kind of like this kid that's that's usually the moment when yeah it's, yeah there's like well yeah i think it <laughs> he ain't gotten it yeah, quick i think it better really help him before he ends up in pieces for sure
1: for sure yeah it just boils down to just being freaking gritty, man, that's all I think, that's all you really need in life, is just like you said, don't have no freaking quit, and you'll be successful, whatever successful is in your mind, you know but,
0: yeah yeah, it's a good note to end on, is, you know it's like you know, like wrestling cowboying, military, all like the hard stuff, linemen oil, you know, oil field shit, all all the, even though like those factory laborers, you know, like Fuck that! I I worked in a in a meat packing plant for a summer, and I only lasted the summer because I knew I was going back to school, and summer was done. You know, otherwise I would have quit after after the like the third day. You know, like I, I, yeah. I found out real quick that wasn't for me. But um, yeah, like there's like in wrestling, that's the worst sport to lose in because you're just getting mushed by another another dude's body you know and, and it just sucks there's nothing yeah. about it that's pleasant it just sucks all the right. way around so the only way for it to not suck is for you to be better and in the other position like that that's the only way it doesn't suck so you have to get better yeah and uh like riding nasty horses you better figure out what you're going to, what you're doing there, or it's just going to continue to suck really bad. And it's going to hurt. Yeah. And, uh, and I, it's, it's, uh, what's what I love about the profession is, uh, like you get exposed real quick for your, your talent is exposed real quick. And,
2: uh, yeah, like it, yeah it you can take can't, a while for it
0: exposed. to get exposed. Yeah, like a guy can, he can float by for a while, but like, when you're exposed, your skill gets exposed quickly, and whether it's whether you have skill or not, it gets exposed in, in just like that and and how how you react to uh to a certain situation will i mean everybody in the crew yeah. will know oh okay he's he's either a puke or uh, and and talking talking out his ass or oh yeah <laughs> he can cow a little bit can he and uh yeah and that that's that's yeah. kind of the 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 beauty of the of the profession because it's kind of all or nothing and the only way for it to not suck is to get better like just be better at it and then then it won't suck as bad
1: i think i don't remember where i heard this or read this or somewhere one time but i think i'd read it somewhere and like i can't remember said a day or a week but there was a guy that had said if you want me to tell you about a man you let me be on the wagon with him for, I, th- I think he said a day and I'll tell you everything I need to know about that guy. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, how you handle your cattle and treat your horses. And like, if you're, if you're holding up and, uh, it don't matter if you're ho- holding the cut or whatever outside, like holding her deer or something, like the way the way that guy rides to the cattle Mm. just just everything it's and it all boils down to you you can bullshit all you want and talk about all you want in the bar spur in your bar stool but just come hang out with us for a week and we'll know you know
0: yeah and it it, and most of the time it won't even take that long to to figure out (laughs) like i said no no it may take a little bit for for that that moment to occur when when your skills get exposed but they do they do and uh and it happens quick when it when it does so um but uh that being said i uh i hope i'm still Boots at you know at at 90 some 90 something years old still
2: swinging the my leg
0: over a horse when i when i want to but uh yeah it's uh it sure is a fun job you know i uh I, I do enjoy it 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 ain't for everybody but man it's it's a it's no. a lot of fun no yeah I wouldn't trade
1: it for nothing i really want it I'd I, trade uh,
0: my current position for some some pretty pretty sweet outside gigs if they paid better but they uh that's one thing about the feed is they, they that that paycheck doesn't bounce pay and, and, and it it's steady and it and it clears every time and it's usually pretty decent. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's helpful, especially if you have kids. I guess I don't know. They say that that money's important. I
0: don't know why. Uh, if I didn't need it to buy stuff, I really wouldn't care about money at all. You know, <laughs> like yeah. if uh, if I didn't if I didn't have to use it to do shit, I I I've got no use for money. I don't I don't care about. I I I want I want enough of it to where I don't have to worry about bills and shit again if i I can just go do what i want then 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 i'm good but uh, until then i guess i i gotta worry about money a little bit
1: yeah yeah i guess that's just a human condition whether you like it or not so
0: but i guess the best thing you can do is uh to make sure you can do do as much of of your living as you can without needing money you know like make your own shit yeah uh, for sure but.
1: yeah there's a cool there's a kid that come and worked for me one time and he was like 18 years old i really liked the kid he's freaking handy He'd always show up early for mm-hmm. work freaking ride brawl down to rope anything like he didn't give a shit you know handled cattle goods but like string cattle out outside he's a good guy and he told me one time the 18 year old kid And when he told me that i thought man that's cool shit he said i have a goal that one day that I can make every piece of gear that I ride, like you know, mm. I can. I he can start his colt, build a saddle, build spurs, bits, in, like leggings, everything. And I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty freaking cool, and that's pretty cowboy. Yeah. Like if you can actually go, you know, build your your saddle and your leggings and your bit and your spurs and freaking every and i think if i remember right the guy was even talking about wanting to learn how to make hats one day and i'm like dude i'm that's a cool goal to have and i i like them kind of guys you know i yeah just freaking tear into it and we'll screw it up and figure out how to fix it you
0: know yeah i uh i don't have quite that mindset i'm more of a like uh, how did we get to here you know like i i uh like i i've my 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 research takes me down different rabbit holes, but I I I love the the tax stuff, but I, I like using it. You know, I don't, I don't I don't I like they could explain to me exactly how it's made, and I'll I'll be I'll be interested. But when I'm done, I'm like, all right, now cool. I'm gonna see how it works on a horse, you know. <laughs>
1: Well, my cousin the other day, he kept telling me, he's like, I'm just waiting for the day that you start building saddles and same kind of deal. Like, man, I like freaking scrapping them on colts and roping shit out of them, but I don't really have any desire to
0: build. Them. I know. You know, I do, I'm the, same way, That's, uh, but... the way. Guys will ask me about the cattle market too. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know, man. I just take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> I take care of them. I, yeah. don't sell them. <laughs> I don't own them. Uh, I've done a little better job of following it. Uh, here lately but i, I still it, it's just it's only because people keep asking me about it so i'm like well i guess i guess i could at least lead read the market report on on a news show every every week and and that that's the least i could do to to stay up to date on on this industry that i work in you know it seems like seems like i might yeah, ought to know kind of a little bit we, about it
1: we cracked out a few years ago in the cattle deal and this the same kind of deal like act after i had my first set of cows i was
2: like
1: i should probably learn a little bit about how to market cattle and what these freaking things are worth yeah, <laughs> you know? right? like, i've been on a uphill thing uphill battle for three years trying to i don't know learn how to do manager shit but i really just like rope. i know that's
0: yeah that that's why i like the the gig i'm at now where i can i'm i have just enough responsibility to to get me a better paycheck not enough to make my life miserable, and uh, you bet. And, and yeah. I also, I got one guy on my crew, so I don't have, I don't, If I if I keep him happy, I'm, I don't. My life is pretty easy. So.
1: Yeah, yeah that's helpful. Simplicity is sometimes worth
0: a it lot. It really is. So. It really is. Well, TC, we've been at it for two hours and fifteen minutes now. So. Wow. This has been fun, man. I, I enjoyed so, it. I, I really enjoyed your, your episode with Darren. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. If you need any help or anything, got questions, let me know. And, uh, maybe one of these days you'll have me on yours.
1: Yeah, I'll do that for sure. I need to figure out how to run the old phone deal a little better, but I'm, I'm real into it. So, well, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having, me.
0: yeah, of so, course. Um, computer will help a bunch get, you. Uh, uh get you a decent computer and and you'll uh it'll make your life easier on the on the recording end especially if you if you can't record in person like it's uh i i'll I'll, uh, I'll i can i can send you a few things on on how to especially like if uh on some of these older guys i've found out like if you call them they're more than willing to do a podcast if they could just sit there on their phone and talk to you and if uh, once mm-hmm. you figure out how to get that recorded then it's you know then game on I've, yeah. had, I've had a lot of
1: yeah i've got got some cool guys in mind for just that but like the one buddy i always i talk to him all the time you can tell he's on speaker phone mm-hmm. and then you can hear his speaker run up and down his oh. coat the whole time like, hey man move that thing closer to your I, I can't hear you you know and i'm like man if i can just teach that guy how to talk on the phone i'll have some gold you know
0: get him get him a pair <laughs> of uh earbuds and and uh and then then you're, then you're golden that i i know they look stupid having one of those damn earbuds hanging out of your ear but it it is so damn handy uh really oh yeah like i i don't i don't hold my phone to talk anymore i just i just talk on my yeah. on my earbuds and it's 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 handy well i
1: i dropped my phone in a beer cooler up there at a buddy's brandon two freaking summers ago so I, I, my earpiece doesn't even work anymore, so I just put my phone on speaker and drop it in my pocket, there so there's a 50, 50 chance on whether you can even hear me if you talk <laughs> on the phone with me.
0: Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know how that goes, I, uh, mine's, mine's still usable, but it's got cracks, got a couple big cracks across the screen, so, but, goddamn, oh, yeah. these things cost so much anymore, you gotta, you gotta squeeze uh, every bit of life out of them you can yeah that ain't no lie yeah. so. well tc i sure appreciate your time man uh it was a good one and uh I'll probably put this out uh, either monday or wednesday i don't know for sure but i'll i'll make sure and tag you in it on on facebook and uh make sure you go check out his show it's called the remnants i listen to it on Spotify. are you on all the the platforms now or are you just
1: i'm currently only on spotify till i learn the technology part a little okay. better well so.
0: spotify is where i listen and it's uh I think it's the best best one there. You got music and podcasts all in one all in one spot. So it's uh it's a good one. Go check it out the remnants and uh thanks everybody for tuning in. Now uh move your ass. We're
2: Like Roar Jean The cows we punch are snorty And the Bronx are just plum mean And ain't nobody out here Trying to be a hero Fixing fencer Feeding cows when it's Ten below zero and if you Want to make A hand Cause you'll bleed.